We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everything on my audio setup is all jacked up because, well, um, I'm too tired. <laughs> my hip is killing me, and it's a very long night. <laughs> um, welcome in. I appreciate you. The Blazers fall for their fifth straight night uh, behind a Damian Lillard 50-point performance. Unfortunately, this is not the first time this has happened. Um, there's a lot to take away from this game. But I want to talk about some big picture stuff as well. Um, let's just kind of go through the game real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on the on the game itself, other than to kind of highlight a couple things here, there, everywhere. Um, <clears throat> number one, Damian Lillard's a fucking baller. <laughs> I mean, just to go from struggling the way he has for the last two weeks to a fifty point game where he's how many? What did he end up shooting tonight? Sixteen of twenty eight, fifty seven percent, five of 13, 13 15. Um, one turnover, just, I mean, just exquisite stuff, masterclass stuff. Uh, bummer that they they dropped that game. <clears throat> but let's kind of start from the beginning. Uh, first quarter, I thought the Blazers came out with some of the most energy and effort and intensity and execution that they have had in a couple weeks. I think that's pretty easy to say. Um What's funny is I think that was probably Dame's least efficient quarter going off it, even though he, he got going with the early threes. Um, both him and Ant were, were really good. That was actually the most productive uh, quarter Ant had. Um, I thought offensively they were really in tune. Defensively they came out in the zone, I think trying to hide the mobility or lack of mobility with Nurk on Jared Allen. Uh, I joked before the game, but I said, wh- whoever, if you're if you're gambling, take the over on Jared Allen tonight because Jared Allen gives Nurk hell. Um, he's exactly the kind of player that bothers you some Nurkic. He's super, super rangy and athletic and quick and plays above the rim. And, like, I, I was looking down press row, and I was like, okay, I didn't mean like this. Not like this. No, 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 not six alley-oops to start in the first quarter. Uh, but Portland's offense was humming along, and I, I didn't think – Portland's defense was that bad in particular. I just thought they were they were off just a little bit. There there were 
slight miscommunications. And with guys like DG and uh, and Dawn, they're so good in that in-between game that if you overcommit one step, they lob over the top because you've got Mobley and you've got Jared Allen. That's what that vertical threat can do, and they're tremendous. Darius Garland's a tremendous passer. Um he just has exquisite touch, and he gets to those in-between spots, and he's so slippery and slithery, and he gets you in jail. There's a little bit of Chris Paul in him. There's a little bit of Dame Lillard in him. Um, but that's the only thing the Cavs could get going. Uh, they weren't hitting shots, even though they were getting good looks. It looked a lot like the Blazers, and I kind of wondered if their shooting started to turn around, if Portland would be in trouble, because early on, Portland took really, really good care of the ball. Um, there was a feather pass from Nurk over the top that I thought was a little bit risky, uh, it gets in, it goes up, great look. Um, I was like, mm, a little dicey. Uh, there was a pass from Ant that was fantastic. I, then again, I think it was a, to a cutting dame. I'm trying to remember the first quarter. Um, and another great look that, that gets converted into another easy opportunity. Then the offense is humming. Ant knocks down threes. Uh, dame knocks down some threes and, you know, by the time it's all said and done, Portland ends the first quarter up 32-27. In that period, though, um, Jeremy Grant had a good statistical night scoring. Jeremy was 3 of 3 in the first quarter, but he also had two turnovers. The Blazers finished the first quarter with seven turnovers. And you're sitting there going, that 32-27 quarter might come back to bite them because, not necessarily because Cleveland scored 27, but because Portland could have had 40. They were that good offensively, and Cleveland is such a good defensive team that when you have those opportunities to take advantage of that, you really need to. Cleveland is a they're they're a player away from being a title contender. Okay, like you've got to you've got to be that guy, or you've got to be that team to compete with them. You've got to play all four quarters really precisely. They're a very good team. Uh, second quarter comes around. A lot of the same. Dame was six of nine uh, in the quarter. Another fourteen points. I thought Nurk uh, was was good uh, again, particularly on the glass, just securing rebounds. Uh, Jeremy got looks in the first quarter, got looks in the second quarter, got looks in the third quarter. He got loose with the ball, and this, the turnovers started to pile up. But the, the defense stepped up. So you had this offensive-minded first half, first quarter, second quarter. Not grindy, but I think you saw both teams kind of settle into the game. Uh, what was unfortunate is that you look at that first quarter, or that first half, and Donovan Mitchell was not overly impressive. He was 4 of 12. But Jaron Allen's 7 of 10. Everybody else was kind of chipping in. Um, <laughs> the Cavs were 1 of 9 from three and the Blazers are five of 14, but the Blazers shoot 55%, but they end up with nine turnovers in the first half. Not great. And the good news is the Cavs didn't turn that into much, right? Okay. In the first half, Dame finishes with 25. Jeremy's got 10. Ant's got 10. Uh, what Nurk was six, seven and three. And the Blazers are, are okay. Only player with multiple turnovers in the first half is Jeremy Grant. It wasn't contagious. It wasn't, oh, shit, this is getting away from us. I thought the big thing, and this is, you know, we, we talked about this the other night. Uh, I asked Dame in the post game, you know, did, did getting into some pick and roll help you? Like doing more of that. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I started in the pick and roll, and then I got going in the pick and roll. And I just kept calling it. The coaches were like, you keep running it. Keep going. Keep going. 
And I thought you saw that, that familiarity, that comfort. Ant ran that pick and roll, a side pick and roll, a Nurk that was just, mwah. You know, you get the one pick and roll up top, kick out, reset, defense is in rotation. Ant immediately attacks downhill, draws two, uh, it was a, a corner or side pick and roll. Nurk catches uh, catches it in the, the pocket bounce pass um, and then gets around and reverses in just a tr- one of his best finishes of the season. It was it was really fun, exciting, just fluid basketball that looked very reminiscent of what we know. There was still some off-ball stuff. There were still some little wrinkles. There were still some changes. I thought Chauncey did a very good job with the rotations, and he continued this going this to this from uh, the game against Orlando. Damon Ant swapped in their rotations, and this this is game two, I believe, of this now. It might be game three. I'm struggling to remember. It's what midnight, <laughs> but um, normally Dame plays ten minutes, almost the first whole first quarter. Ant comes out at six. That is since swapped. It allows Ant to play longer with more dudes. It takes the burden off of him to be the only guy on the floor. Dame, Dame can sustain that. Dame can sustain the only playmaker on the floor stuff. You don't necessarily want that to happen all the time, but Ant, while he's still working on it, he's getting there. And one thing I thought that was really helpful is that Ant finishes the first half with 10 points, but he, I think he led, yeah, he led the team in assists at the time. 10 points, 4 assists. Right, you go into the half... You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You're up seven. You probably should have been up like 16. And that's that's where I'm, I'm splitting hairs, right? So the, the Cavs don't lead. Wire to wire, first half, Blazers lead. Okay? Uh, other than the, the couple seconds to start the game um, when the Blazers first scored, that was it. Uh, the biggest scoring was 11, biggest lead was 14. That it wasn't that, or that wasn't as much is, is kind of a problem. Uh, Kirk says in the comments, having two small guards in the center doesn't play night. Who plays night like '90s basketball doesn't work. That's weird because I just saw Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Jared Allen do exactly that. Just kind of want to leave that for for you guys. Two smaller guards and a rim running pick. Really good team. It can be done. So, uh, third quarter comes, things got away. And this is what happens when guys kind of start get going. The Cavs start hitting threes. They start hitting their shots. They start getting to the free throw line. I thought the big thing about this was um, I am not in any way, shape, matter, or form blaming officiating. That did not, it, it impacted the game, but did not change the bla- game for the Blazers or the, or the Cavs in the sense of like, it dictated the game. My my frustration was there were 17 fouls called in the first half. There were 16 fouls called in the third quarter. It got really ugly. It got really disjointed. There was no flow. There was no semblance of anything to it. Uh, what's interesting about that is the Blazers still only had three turnovers. They get out of the quarter with 33 points, but they allow the Cavs to get 36. And I thought... Two very dumb things happened. <laughs> Two corner Ricky Rubio threes. The Blazers did everything that they should and could and would do. And I love Ricky Rubio. Great player. He's a non-shooter. There was one where they the Blazers forced the ball to the corner. 
they know Rubio's in the corner. He came to three. Hurts him. There's a secondary break, and it's I believe it's Donovan coming downhill, or it's Karras, I can't remember. But he collapses the defense. Secondary uh, pull-up look. Darius Garland's got a pull-up three. And instead, he kicks it out. Swing, swing. And it and it went from Donovan Mitchell to Karras. I can't remember who was driving, a, which would be a good look at down downhill to a Darius Garland wide-open three to a swing, swing to the corner for Ricky Rubio. And, like, in the decision tree, I'm like, yeah, shit, that's right. That's 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 good. Like, you don't want Donovan Mitchell, Karis Levert, like, attacking downhill against your defense. That's not sad. You don't want Darius Garden, Garland stepping into a wide-open three. You want them to swing the ball to the corner to Ricky Rubio, the guy that doesn't shoot threes and doesn't shoot them well. He hits them both. And, I, and it didn't decide the game, but they were massive just – punches in the face that <coughs> you get to the end of the third quarter and you're like, it's a little closer than it should be. Right? Fourth quarter comes. And then Donovan Mitchell shows up. Ten points in the quarter, five of eight shooting. The Cavs were one of three from three. The Blazers were two of 11. The Cavs got paint points. Evan Mobley got to the free throw line. Six times. Darius Garland at the line six times. They're 9 of 12. The Blazers are 6 of 6. And I'm not mad about the Blazers taking threes. I thought of their 11, I think right off the top of my head, I think there was only one that I was like, ugh, not a great shot. Not a great shot. But in the end, that's how it goes sometimes. Just how it goes sometimes. They get down the stretch and they got look after look after look. And it just it snowballed. Couple plays in particular are gonna stand out and a couple people are or are struggling. Right? Josh uh, Josh Hart has two record scratch threes and an air ball. It just gut punch. The air ball was, a, I don't care. Like, just shoot the ball. I'm not mad about the air ball. It's frustrating from the grand sense of, like, yeah, he hits the shot. You know, it's a different game. But twice he record scratched. One of them led to a direct turnover that led to a run out. Uh, they get a long rebound on the next shot. The, or the, the Cavs get a long rebound, and they get another run out, and that was one of the Donovan Mitchell threes. And a game that was back and forth, back and forth, the Cavs opened up. And that was kind of all she wrote at that point in time. You could feel it. You could feel it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. And I thought you got solid contributions around everybody. I mean, Dame's 16 of 28, just fantastic. Uh, Jeremy had 22 points, uh, four turnovers, right? Your, your turnover guys tonight were Jeremy and, and, and Nurk. Between Jeremy, Nurk, and Josh, three guys who don't put the ball on the floor all that often, you had 10 turnovers, that hurts. That hurts. It's just, that's tough to overcome. Super tough to overcome, right? You end the night, you're, you know, your leading scorers, obviously Dane with 50, Jeremy with 22, Ant with 15. I thought Ant played a really good game tonight. Uh, my, my frustrations with Ant were really all defensive. 
Uh, twice tonight he had Lamar Stevens in a fast break in transition. And Ant gave up way too much ground. He needed to meet him up higher and not allow his, his Lamar Stevens' big ass to get downhill on him. Lamar Stevens is a big dude. He's a big dude. Like, I knew he was solid, but that's the first time I've, I've really seen him in person where I was like, man, he is every bit of 6'8", like 240. He's just, he's a solid, solid dude. And Ant just isn't physical enough, and he didn't step up to, to that point. So... Um, but otherwise, I thought he, he played a good game. I thought Nurk, for the most part, was in tune defensively after the first couple minutes, the alley-oops. I thought his second shift was really good. Uh, I thought his finishing and his attentiveness and his willingness to, to do the things. I thought he had a lot of bounce in his step on his screens tonight. Um, I, I <laughs> The moving screen was kind of horseshit, I'll be honest. Um, but the fair, Scott Foster was going dog shit calls all over the floor on both teams. Um, Jabari gave you a few energy minutes. I thought he was good. I thought Eubanks' defense was tremendous tonight. Uh, I think they... How many blocks did they actually score him for tonight? Two? They gave him two. He probably should have had four. Um, I thought Gary was tremendous tonight, which is hilarious considering he did not take a shot. Had, what, three rebounds and an assist? <laughs> He wore Donovan Mitchell like a trench coat. Just, I mean, you could see there was a stretch early in the fourth quarter where GP was on the floor before he checked back out, before he came back in for Ant, where Mitchell was getting some shots, but they were more often than not coming when the Cavs inbounded the ball very quickly when GP was still there trying to harass and it led to like an early switch. And all of a sudden Donovan was attacking literally anybody, but Gary, he was like, Oh, I have an opportunity to go now. So I'm going to go. And outside of that, Mitchell just worked so hard for everything and just could get nothing on Gary. I thought Gary came out and in 20 minutes, he played 20 minutes tonight. That's, that's great. It's great to see Gary play 20 minutes. I did not think he was going to hit that mark. Um, but you had Gary 20 minutes tonight. You had Shaden 20 minutes tonight. Um, you had Eubanks for, what, 16 minutes? And then Jabari played uh, eight or nine, eight minutes. <coughs> he played nine tonight. The only guy who got super, super, super heavy minutes tonight was Dame. Dame played 40. Other than that, Grant played a little more than normal at 35, Hart at 34, and at 32, Nurk at 32. Nothing there really too crazy. Other than, obviously, other than Dame, but Dame was just cooking. Um, but the, the grand scheme total takeaway for me is it wasn't perfect, but you saw, you saw what makes Damian Lillard special, which is getting those pick and rolls. One of the things that I... I like it, or not even I like, it's just that I've come to respect about Dame is he can play 40 minutes and work that pick and roll endlessly. It's like when he has the ball in his hand, he has a little bit of juice or a little bit more juice in the sense of like his energy, right? Like it gives him, even if he's tired, he can keep going with that ball in his hand. He can be a little bit more. Steph Curry is one of one solely, be, and that's what makes him so special. Being able to run his ass around the court endlessly over and over and over. That's not what Dame does. Dame's going to work you in the pick and roll. And that's tiring too, but it's a different kind of tiring. And I think it's something that Dame is familiar with. It's mentally, it's an, it's an approach thing. And it, 
feeds off of his game. And I thought, even though Dame only finished with, like, what, two assists? I think it was two assists. Two, maybe three? Yeah, three. Even though Dame had three assists, he, uh, he had a lot of hockey assists tonight. There's one play in particular that really stood out to me. Um, and we talked about this the other day. The, like, when Dame gets in the paint, getting feet in the paint, and, and finding those opportunities. Dame normally picks the ball up, not where you expect him to, but about a half step later. You guys will probably remember this one because it stood out a ton. Um, Dame gets a, a foot deeper into the paint, keeps his dribble alive just a second longer, makes the defense commit a little bit more. He turns the corner and he throws that one-handed, what left-handed rat pass to Ant. Ant immediately knows where it's going. Just whoop, hockey, hockey assist over to, to Jeremy Grant for three. And I thought those kind of plays were, were prevalent for Dame tonight. He was... Yes, he was scoring. He was scoring at will and scoring endlessly. But I thought he kept the... It wasn't him dominating the ball endlessly. I thought it, the ball actually found its way back to him a ton. But ultimately, in the end, they're still not there. And both Chauncey... Chauncey said it and Dame echoed it. And... This is some coach speak, but I also do believe it in a, in a sense. One of the one of the things he said was the they did not get into this funk in one game. It will take them more than one game to get out. They were competitive with one of the best teams in the league. I am not a silver lining moral achievement guy. I never have. If you've watched Outsiders, Joe and I used to joke about it all the time, right? Hey, Danny, you got any moral victories tonight? No, <laughs> I don't. I hate moral victories. Moral victories are for rebuilding, tanking young teams. That's what moral victory is for. But I think there are things you can take from this game and say you can build on. And I think that's different. Moral victory is leaving you feeling good about things. I think things you take from this are things you learn and remember this feeling, right? And so they've got two very tough games coming up against Dallas, a team that has just been hell for them. Luka has been nightmare for them. Luka continued to do wildly stupid shit tonight against the Lakers. It's going to be a problem dealing with them. But I am more comfortable in who they are and what they do now than I am or than I was significantly more so in the Orlando game. And talking to Chauncey before the game, talking to, to Dame and a couple of the guys um, post-game in, in the press conference, was nobody nobody's letting go of the rope in the locker room. That's not a thing. Guys are still buying in. It's, it's like, you, you know, I've seen fractured locker rooms before. And one of the questions I want to say Austin White from the Portland Tribune asked um, of Dame was, do you guys feel confident in these fourth quarters? And he's like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't we? It's like, yeah, we've lost some games here before, but what about the games we won early in the season? Like, Kind of like, a, did those not count? They didn't just forget. It's just 
sometimes stuff doesn't go away. Sometimes a pass gets deflected. I think he said the line of sometimes a pass gets deflected and you're making the right play, you're making the right read, but it gets deflected and all of a sudden it goes off your fingers and it's out of bounds and it's a bad play. Like sometimes stuff doesn't go your way. Like when I go back to watch this game over, particularly at the last five, six minutes, when I look at those shots, I don't think I'm going to look at those shots, those threes, even though they took more threes and be, be frustrated by the looks. I think I'm going to take a, take a look at those shots and go, yeah, those are fine. Those are fine. Those shots are fine. Now, you can make the argument about should they have gotten more, should they have been a bit more aggressive, getting feet in the paint, putting the onus on the officials, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. I, you, you, can, you can take that. Um, but I think there are some things you can take from this game. I thought that there was an adjustment and of being a little less rigid offensively uh, at, they made an adjustment defensively. I know giving up 119 doesn't sound like it was good defensively. Um, but how many shots were there in this game? Yeah, it's 89-78. There's a lot of shots in this game. Jeez. <coughs> and give the Cavs credit. The Cavs are a really, really good team. They finished the night uh, kind of overall. They had 68 points in the paint. It's tough. They're, they're a good team. you got Dawn. You've got Evan. You've got uh, Jared Allen. You've got Garland who can get in there. Um, second chance points were 10-6. Cleveland, fast break points, ended up being 19-9. Uh, turnovers, Portland finished with 17 uh, to Cleveland's 11. Points off turnovers, they didn't get hurt as bad at 17-12. Portland committed eight more fouls. That's also an interesting thing. Now, there was a couple there at the end that were uh, intentional. Did they get too intentional? So it was like probably 19-25. But one thing that this team was really good about doing, I think they had the fourth lowest foul rate in the NBA for like the longest time. They've been a little foul-heavy lately. It's been been kind of interesting. I, I don't know if that's like trying to turn the aggressive the aggressiveness slider up a little bit or where that's coming from. Like, Ant has had like two out of his last four. He's had five fouls earlier in a game. And I don't think it's from just him by reaching. He's had a couple of those. There's no doubt about it. Um, Jeremy's picked up. Fouls. Jeremy had five fouls again tonight. I mean, hell, what many fouls did Portland have with five fouls? Jeremy, Nurk, and Ant all had five fouls tonight. Yeesh. Uh, quick look. Nobody on the Cavs. All right. Uh, yeah, Mobley had 17-8-3. 17-8-3 in 24 minutes on 6 of 12. God, I hate that man. He's so good. Um... But yeah, like you're 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 looking at little things. You're well, not necessarily little things, but more problematic things. Sixteen eleven on turnovers. They did a better job of not having a completely sideways. <laughs> but fouls were a little bit much. Uh, Cleveland's a very big team, and they went to work on the offensive glass. Evan Mobley he had eight rebounds. Five of them were offensive. Turns out having a seven-footer who's stupid long and athletic and can just come out of nowhere and snatch those is really helpful. Um, also, Portland struggled to look at the line again. 75%. Um, Dame missed two, which isn't as bad as he's been in a sense, but still a little something weird there. And they ended up falling off. Both teams shot poorly from three. Uh, 32% from Cleveland, 33% for the Blazers. And <clears throat> kind of grand-scale stuff. The one thing I, I've come away thinking and believing is that the Blazers really, more than anything, it was like, they need a better center, they need this. They... I think they really need help playmaking. 
Damon Ant are the only guys that can set guys up, and Ant's still working on it. That's the Justice is a good secondary playmaker. Josh was and is supposed to be in theories in theory, but that's kind of become a problem. It's it's tough. But I think they need a playmaker to ease things, to make it easier for the guys who aren't non-creators, and I also think they need some shooting. Um, that's obviously kind of disappeared a little bit, but the the playmaking and, and how hard guys sometimes have to work, and I understand why. This is part of why Chauncey has said, well, he hasn't said this is why. I'm insinuating this is why he's saying why, is that his play calling and being maybe a little bit more rigid, a little more structured, might get some other guys some looks that they otherwise wouldn't get. And I get why that makes sense and why you would want to and probably why you think that or why you would try to think that. But the flip side is, is it better for those guys who aren't to, you know capable of doing those things to take those shots when perhaps Dame, Ant, Jeremy just need to have the, the shooting volume go up a little bit? And I think they're, that's the kind of the wave that they're riding. Shooting comes and goes. You, you can kind of figure that out. But the looks that you find in there, I think, are, are the way you break them down, I think, is differently. So it's, it's interesting. Um I know one of the things people want to talk about is Josh Hart, so I'll, I'll kind of dive into it a little bit. Uh, real quick, Josh has got to figure some stuff out. The three-point rate, like, his, like I asked about this a couple of weeks ago. Right now, Josh has one mode, and it's attack downhill and uh, in the half court and attack downhill in transition. I think sometimes he needs to not do either. There's time, there, He forced one tonight where he ended up going into a turnover when he had Anthony Simons in front of him. He gave it up early to Ant. Ant probably gives it back to him. Um, the record scratch threes is that, I mean, it's backbreaking for the offense. Backbreaking. Not taking that shot. Your floor balance is kind of set. Now you're resetting. Now you're getting into late clock and now you're really forcing stuff. Listen, it's not like the end of the world, but the stuff that you want from Josh, you're not getting it right now. You're not getting the shooting. You're not getting the playmaking. You're getting the defense. You're getting the effort, the intensity, all that stuff. But um, he's he's in a funk. He needs to figure some stuff out. <clears throat> um, the really interesting thing here is that th- there is some stuff to take away from what they did tonight. Nurk looks significantly better. In the pick and roll. Uh, looking at his numbers uh, before the game, I want to say he had the third highest post-up usage rate in the NBA behind Jokic and Embiid. Embiid was at, I'm sorry, Jokic was at like 1.18. You know, I, what am I doing? I can literally look this up. <laughs> That's what that whole thing is over here for, Dan. Um, let's see. Players. I don't know why I'm pulling this up. It's not really going to make my point any better, but it gives you guys the at least the um, the exact numbers. Okay, so as of right now, 
Nurk is in the 48th percentile uh, for players in the NBA at .92 points per possession. .92 is not good. Like, just in a general. That's why that's why the NBA is getting away from so many post-ups. Is it like when you're talking about this stuff, it, it's a lot harder. Um, Embiid's at 1.2. So that's three-tenths of a point per possession. So every three possessions or so, Joel Embiid is getting a point that Yusuf Nurkic is not. That is a horrendous difference. And I'm not saying that to say Nurk's bad. I'm just saying the efficiency scale, I understand why like they want to do that because it simplifies things. I, I know that that makes Nurk happy. But they're, and I think this is the biggest thing for the Blazers to try to figure out over the next couple weeks between now and the All-Star break or coming out of the All-Star break. And this is kind of where I'll, I'll end up. And this, the Nurk stuff kind of leads me there. We talked about the, the playmaking, the pick-and-roll stuff, and how helpful that is when Dame and Ant are more in their comfort zones. And when they're in their comfort zones, now Ant's in his comfort zone, and Jeremy's in his comfort zone because they're bidding spots where they're more successful. It's a trickle-down effect, right? Um, having the players that are the best at what they do in the league makes sense. Yeah. So let's go back to that. But also, it's less about just like, let's go back to the Stotts era, which is like pick and roll endlessly. No, that's not the right answer. It's about finding the balance. And I think that's the most important thing they need to figure out over the next couple of weeks. And I think tonight was a good step in that direction. And I asked Chauncey about the, the pick and roll stuff, which was basically, hey, if... Or, or tonight, did, did getting in the pick and roll, did that, do you feel like that opened some things up? Do you think it made you feel a little more open in that opportunity? And, and yeah. They just kept going. Now, Dame was at 34% uh, pick and roll usage this year. It counted for 34% of his, of, of his usage uh, in, uh, like I said, 1920 season. Uh, Dame was at 51.3 or 51.1. Either way, 51%, which is a substantial drop. 17% is a huge number. Huge, huge, huge number. Um, maybe find a happy medium. Tweak the sliders. Little less Nurk post up, little more Nurk pick and roll. I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to Nurk getting the ball, but let's, let's not... Let's not spam the pick and rolls, okay? Spam a little, or let's not spam the post ups. Let's spam a little more pick and roll. We can do a little bit more spot up. Like you can, you can get some more cut actions. You can play in transition more. And that's the other thing I, I didn't mention earlier. Portland came out tonight. Not only they play with intensity, they played with pace. It was incredibly not only like not in just transition, but getting into their shit early. They, they were getting into their sets 18, 19, 20. Like, they were getting ball off makes and misses. Getting down, getting set early. So, if it was an action, we're going to get right into this action. We're going to dictate. And you could just feel it. It was a, a lot of, like, what Orlando did to Portland just the other night. And I thought that was it was evident. And I thought, <clears throat> I thought Portland had that, not, but not as much in the third quarter. Um, they still got some stuff to figure out. 
but I do think that they found something here. They found something. See what they can do with it. That's what's important right now. I think you, sh- Dame showed you. Don't worry. I think Ant showed you tonight as far as his shooting goes. Don't worry. I thought Ant had a couple tremendous shots. Um, stepped into those threes. Had the, what probably should have been and one runner going towards the rim. And then he had the mid-range pull up. That, that's what kind of at least makes me feel good. And his, like his shooting is that um, when he starts hitting on all three levels, you're like, mm, there you go. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's, those are the kind of things I think you look for when, when you're, you're going um, in the playmaking. Alex says, why don't they ever back cut? Because <clears throat> they're still figuring out when to cut and they don't have a lot of personnel that are cutters, naturally. Shaden has shown some inclination. Jabari has shown probably better IQ. Josh is a kind a quasi cutter. Justice is kind of a quasi cutter, but they're not reading each other well yet. And even on the structured stuff that Chauncey runs, they're not reading each other when the defense forces them to react one way or another or forces another action or a change. They're they're not on that page yet, or they don't have that ability. Um, it's just that stuff that they're still trying to wrinkle out. I think that stuff's harder to wrinkle out than getting some confidence and finding their ability or the finding their groove in those in those kind of abilities to to find those opportunities. If if Dame and Ant are cooking or Jeremy's cooking or guys are feeding off the pick and roll. Now, guys are worried about everybody else. Just, but when Portland's trying to get going and getting downhill and finding these opportunities, sometimes you get a guy maybe cutting when they shouldn't. That's honestly a thing that's been kind of prevalent over the last four games. Uh, There's been more than a couple plays where I've seen two guys cutting at the same time as somebody else is driving. And that's... That's just trying to figure stuff. That's the thing where they're still trying to figure stuff out, right? That's the thing where I'm like, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, but I think an in an interesting thing will be how much do they keep of of the pick and roll? How much do they keep of the zone defensively? Do we see a lineup change? I don't think they'll put Gary starting in for for Josh. I did ask uh, in the closing lineup if Chauncey considered keeping Gary in for Josh when Ant came back in for Gary. And he said he did consider it, but he goes, I went the way that I did. But it was interesting that he did say he considered it. So um, that's what we're in for now. Brandon and I will do a, a longer show tomorrow, Friday, today, whatever the hell it is. Is it midnight yet? Yeah. Jesus, 15 minutes after. <laughs> um, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. I appreciate you. Love you guys. Uh, Brandon and I will be on tomorrow to do a show. Like I said, um, no watch parties until we get to the Denver game. I'm efforting a guest. We'll see if we have, uh, have somebody else come on. Uh, other than that, uh, you guys have a wonderful night. Try not to freak out too much. And I will see you guys tomorrow uh, with Brandon. Take care. Mm, bye.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.